Hello and welcome to my first five years podcast. I'm Alistair Bryce Clegg. And I'm Jenny Johnson. We're early years experts and the founders of My First Five Years, an activities and child development app for parents. And this is the podcast that helps you to find the joy in parenting and ditch some of that guilt and worry. Absolutely. We are so passionate about getting rid of that anxiety that many of us parents experience and having much more fun. Yes. So this week, what we're going to talk about is, well, what we would call transitions into childcare. But what we really mean is that time that you leave your child with somebody else for the first time. And for some children, that can be a really easy transition and they settle without any fuss. But for others, it can take a little bit longer. So we're going to talk about why that might be and also give you some hints and tips from all the experience that Jenny and I have had about how you can help that transition be better. Yeah, I can really relate to the fact that children are so very different in this regard. Even if I just look at my own three children, I had two that would settle really quickly and one that I think it took nearly two years, and I'm not exaggerating, just did not ever seem to settle into the idea of being with anybody else but me. Well, I can see why. (laughs) That's very nice of you to say. Although I think three days in the office is enough for you. Yeah, I think, you know, same with me and my three boys. And, you know, you don't parent any differently. You think you're not parenting any differently, but it can be about where they are in terms of their siblings, what else is going on in their life, and also just their personality. Mm -hmm. That Some children are different when it comes to transitions than others are. But there are definitely things that you can do that help both you and your child know that even if they find it a little bit difficult, it's going to be all right. Yeah, and I think what's really refreshing to hear from you is that there is some sort of science behind this now, that people have studied attachment and how, you know, there are are ways to do this that make it easier and there are ways to do it that make it that little bit harder. And actually, if we all understand that, we can make some choices about how we do these things. Yeah, and transitions are all about familiarity and about feeling comfortable. So I think when you think about dropping your child off with somebody else that isn't you and possibly not your wider family, and again, we're not going to focus too much on kind of parents and grandparents in this episode, but we are yeah, going to do a one special coming one up. coming I'm up. really looking forward to that too. So if you need to be really happy with who you're dropping your child off with, because they will sense that from you if you've got any anxiety, but also it's about trying to tell your child as much as you possibly can about where they're going who they're going to be with and selling it as a really positive experience because if you just turn up somewhere and kind of drop them off and they don't know what it's going to be or how what's going to happen you can tell you'd be anxious as an adult if somebody did that to you so of course they're going to be as a child I think what I'd like to unpick as we carry on chatting is the difference between a baby and a child that you're beginning to have a bit of a conversation with because there is a difference but there are still ways that you can show baby a change routine and and get them ready for it so that's going to be really interesting to unpick if i think back to you know when you first have your baby and people come around and the first thing they say is like can i have a hold of your baby and sometimes you feel a little bit like no i don't need to hold my baby i just i need to i think that depends on where the baby is in the pecking order by by third child you're like please take my baby (laughs) no but often parents feel that they you want to have that bond but i think when we are thinking about transitioning babies into childcare, yeah and again you can't sit them down you can't take them to have a look you can't show them photographs but what you can do is get your baby used to the fact that they're not all 
always attached to you. So I'm not saying like go down the shops and pass your baby around, <laughs> but creating opportunities where you take your baby into different places, could be yep. cafes, could be playgroups, any places like that. Yep. And also letting other people who you trust have time handling your baby or spending time with your baby away from you so yep. that they get used to the fact that it's not just about your smell, it's not just about your energy, and that'll help to prepare them if they're moving into a childcare setting. That's interesting. So I know that some childcare providers, they do sort of suggest that you send pictures of the baby room or send pictures of the nursery so that a baby can start to get familiar. Is that not scientifically backed? No, I think that's more about the parent feeling comfortable. I mean, obviously, you can show your baby images and the baby will get something from looking at those images, but that's more going to be around their kind of visual development so they're not going to go ah that's the connection between what we're doing tomorrow morning and today okay so that's developmentally not accurate yeah but they're thinking more about smell atmosphere connection those are the things that your child will really feel and Mm -hmm. i think when you look into the research that's been done around attachment and the fact that we know that children can form very strong attachments to their primary carers and it was thought originally it was just the mother and now we know through research that they can also form really strong attachments to other key carers but children get used to being with other people Mm -hmm. and finding that they can be settled and find comfort with people that aren't their key carer. And the more opportunity your child has to do that, Mm -hmm. then when they come across somebody who's brand new or more unfamiliar, they're less unsettled by it. So again, the further back you can start before you go to childcare is a good thing because then your child is really going to get used to it. Obviously, Mm -hmm. it's people that you trust and rely on. But even if you haven't got a huge period before they start to go, just letting your child have an experience of that and also being left for those periods that might be very short to start off with and again, getting longer, again, with people that they trust, just gets them into that kind of mindset of this is okay. So we've talked there about babies. What about slightly older children that you are beginning to have that conversation with? Because I know there are a couple of times that children will often be starting nursery. So there are those that start as a baby, as mine did. There are those that might not start till they get, say, the two-year-old funding. And then there's the universal childcare, certainly in the UK at three, where virtually every child will start nursery. So I guess there's a little bit of a different transition, say, for a three-year-old who hasn't been in any sort of formal childcare till that point, but is probably conversationally able to be prepped in a different way than a baby? Absolutely. So Go on then, tell really, me more. Well, it, again, it's all about familiarity. So it's about children feeling comfortable that they're moving to something that they're aware of, mm-hmm. just like as adults. If you were starting in a new job and you'd had no prep and you just turned up somewhere in the city centre, walked into a building, knew you were there to be safe and have a job, but didn't know where you were going, didn't know who you were, didn't know where the toilets were, where do you have lunch, all of those things then become your primary concerns so they heighten that kind of anxiety whereas if you've had gone for your job you've had your interview you've done a couple of induction days you've made a friend you know where the canteen is when you start work on that first day yeah you're going to be a little bit nervous but you know you're in a place that you're safe and secure and therefore you feel way happier about where you are and it's the same for children the more information we can give them the more real experience of wherever they're going to we can give them the more settled they'll become Now, sometimes that's possible where, say, maybe you're going to a childminder or you're going to a nursery that does allow some kind of induction where you Mm -hmm. can go and actually visit and be physical in the space. And sometimes it isn't. And in the cases where it isn't, then you can turn to things like these days, which is great, virtual tours, the internet, 
talking to other children that might have been to that space, yeah. discussing with your child the sort of things they're going to do. And again, the really enjoyable stuff, you're going to get to play with this, you're going to get, and they've got this outdoor area and they get to go and do this. So it's about making yeah, it exciting and, and appealing. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I know as well, parents with the best will in the world can pass on some of their yes. anxieties. I used to, um, obviously own a group of nurseries and you'd see this a lot that parents were really anxious but they were openly anxious in front of the child and you kind of felt oh you, you're not yeah. helping here it, and that's true and it's really hard and we, it is hard because it's a human yeah, experience and a human emotion we can't help it but what could we do a little bit better to help the child in the situation well we talk about that a lot don't we in my first five years that realistic parenting and sometimes yep. it's about coaching yourself before you coach your child <laughs> and we talk about you know if your child's going to melt down in tesco's it's about trying to manage your own emotions first before you try and deal with them yeah. This is a transition for parents as, it, as much well. as children. Completely and it can agree. be really heart-wrenching when you are leaving your child mm-hmm. with somebody else. But ultimately, you want your child to have the most positive experience. So ideally, what you want to try and do is manage your own anxiety and think, right, even though I'm feeling a little bit upset or nervous about this, I am going to sell this as the best experience because I want my child to be really happy. Uh So again, it's talking in really positive terms. And I think also being aware, depending on how old your child is, that they will listen to conversations that you have with your partner, with your parents, and making sure that any conversations you have about whatever your concerns are, are out of earshot of that child. Because Obviously, sometimes they can't interpret your conversation in the same way that you'll you'll be interpreting it. Mm-hmm. So they pick up bits, and those bits can often cause them anxiety. So wait till I've gone to bed. Good point. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what I want to explore with you now is that when the day comes that you're actually yeah. going to leave them, because you've probably done a couple of settlers, you've probably been in the room with them, or at the childminders with them, or wherever it might be, but it's the day now where you're going to leave them. Now, we've seen some beautiful examples where kids come in literally skipping down the yes. corridor and can't wait Best to spend the day. Life. And <laughs> all the childcare practitioners are like, yes, this yeah. is going to be a good, easy one. Um, but there are others that are not as happy to, to be there, are not as happy to be left. And as a parent... There are different strategies and I'll share some that I adopted, which maybe with hindsight, were not necessarily the best okay. ones. But I think <laughs> there is now a little bit of research around ways to do this yes, that are going to be yeah. helpful in the long yeah. term for your child. Yeah. So chat to me about what they look like. So in my experience as well, obviously, when I was head teacher at school, we'd get it with parents that would come and their child is great and excited and you're waiting to go through the door and you think, oh, this is going to be great. And then the minute they say, right, daddy's going now, you suddenly get, no, don't go and they're clinging to your leg and all that kind of stuff. So we used to see parents that adopted what we would call the dump and dash, which is basically <laughs> bring them in and even if they're upset or you get the childcare practitioners to kind of peel them off your leg and then parents would wait until the child was distracted and then run away. I have to say that was my strategy. <laughs> I was the dump and dash queen. <laughs> But I thought I was doing the right thing. Um, And, you know, she's fine. Nobody died, as we often say in my first five years. But having listened to some of the things you've said since, I have sort of looked back on that and gone, ooh. But for me, I thought I was doing the right thing. So I'm not saying people who do that are bad parents. What we're saying is the, the kind of science around it is that 
part of this transition is that your child needs to be secure that even if they have feelings of discomfort, mm-hmm. that those feelings of discomfort are part of being a human being and that they will pass. And also what's really important is the children learn that they can become settled and form strong relationships with people other than their primary carer. Mm-hmm. And if you do the dump and dash, what you're basically saying is, I've brought you here, you've become emotionally upset at at this transition. Yeah. Then what I have done is just disappeared. So for a child who can't process in the way that we process, it Uh raises their anxiety. And what can make them think is at any point you could just disappear. So they look round, I've gone. You've gone. And and then they're like, where was that? So the advice really is that you have a goodbye routine, which okay. sounds a bit like you need pom-poms, but I don't even really <laughs> mean that. It means it, something like you have a bedtime routine, like you have a bath time routine. So it's a sequence of things that you do that are roughly the same, that signals to your child, this is the point where we say goodbye and I am going to go. Even if you're crying. But I will come back. Yeah, so okay. So obviously if your child is really distressed to the point of where they look like they're going to chuck up then you might want to think slightly differently yeah, yeah, and you'd I get be you. talking so, about having strategies with the person you drop them up with yeah yeah but also i'm sure you found uh, nursery as we did usually the child would be crying the parent would be crying the minute the parent walked out the door the child's like oh like bye let's go play yeah, yeah honestly i would say well i don't know what the realistic percentage was but the majority of children that yeah. was definitely the thing that as soon as parent left within moments really they'd often settled and that's not universally true and there are children that need a different strategy than yes. this but on the whole i would absolutely agree with you that i've seen it with my own eyes over and over again so when you're learning to manage your emotions and you're having a high level of an emotional response mm-hmm. What we are really good at as adults, most of us, most of the time, is being able to control that level of emotional response. And we also know the consequence of if we do or we don't or what's going to happen next. But if I'm, say, three and I feel the feeling of being upset, I haven't got enough ability or experience to be able to manage that. But then if an adult other than my carer supports me with that, Mm -hmm. I can get over it really quickly. And that's usually what happens is I'm feeling this feeling, I'm feeling this feeling, and you're a trigger for it, and you're still here. And then you go, but the other adult comes in with their strategies, helps me to manage it, and I go, no, actually, I remember, it is all right, they do come back. Oh, I like it here, let's go and do such and such, and the distraction is good. So that routine can be something like, you know, daddy's going to go now, you know, we do, we do our special wave, we do our special handshake, we have two kisses and we go, I mean, don't make it like a half hour long. <laughs> but then when you've done it, you say a firm and heartfelt goodbye. You try not to look at them like, are you going to cry now? Please don't <laughs> cry now. You say, right, I'm off now. Bye. Like, have a lovely time. See you I'm later. See you later. Yeah, and yeah. you turn and you go. One of the worst things you can do as a parent by being a really caring parent is to do that thing. And we used to have it where there's a glass door which had half wood and half glass. And then there would kind of, parents would appear from <laughs> under the door. Trying to take yeah. a sneak peek, which <laughs> the kiddies always see. Always. always. The child would be like, we'd just got themselves, they're like, oh, there's my mum. So... Yes. And again, speak to your setting. I know you had some really interesting strategies around this, but speak to your setting about that. And they will know if, if your child's upset and you're leaving a little bit anxious, mm-hmm. they will know that. And they will usually try and do something that can let you know that your child is okay. Yeah. 
It is hard and I'm not criticising any parent because we all have to, at the end of the day, come up with our own strategies. But I know having witnessed over many years, and you're saying the same thing, that the the parent that sort of hangs around and waits for the child to settle in front of them, inevitably that tends not to be what happens. Well, because in terms of attachment, the child is then reaching out to their primary carer in a state of high anxiety. Yeah. And that to be able to break that state of high anxiety is difficult. And yeah, of course, you know, you really value the input the parents bring. It's a partnership. So we're not saying, like, come in, dump your child and Yeah, go there's away. only one way to do yeah. this, yeah. But it's that idea of you come in, you settle them, you do whatever you need to do, but when it comes to goodbye, yeah. it's right, I'm going to go now, and off I go. We knew this was one of the real pinch points for parents. So one of the things that I did, it was probably the most popular design thing we did in our nursery, is first of all, we had a free brew in the reception area. Always so good. the free brew was always very popular. But we also had a one-way um, window in every one of the rooms. So what we were able to give parents was that comfort that they could see for themselves yeah, that the important. child had settled without the child seeing them again yeah. and unsettling them. So we used to suggest, hey, trust us, they are going to be fine. But if you want to see it for yourself, go and have a brew, come back and look through the one-way mirror, not the wrong one, because if you do, (laughs) it'll start the whole thing all over again. But it was a real comfort to parents. And of course, not every nursery is going to have that and not every child man is going to have that. But even if you just ask for a call, you know, and and that call will probably be a few minutes later to say, do you know what, just wanted to let you know that everything's fine. And it just allows us to go on with our day, whether it's, you know, going back home, whether it's going to work, whatever it might be, but to just do it with that confidence that Kitty is highly likely to be having a fantastic day. Yeah, and the other thing that's worth mentioning is if there's anything going on in your family setup that's been different that day, mm-hmm. whatever it may be, you know, the guinea pigs died or something more serious, mm-hmm. is to let whoever you're dropping off with know because it massively can affect how emotionally regulated or dysregulated your child is and you need to take that into account you know that's so true especially children that are verbal by that stage will will say at some point later and sometimes it sounds really odd if you've got no grounding of what this conversation's about you're like oh is this something i need to be concerned about whereas if you you know just in the morning just anything that's gone on that's a little bit unusual between the last time they were there and this time it's always worth knowing and in a really good setting wherever that may be if your child doesn't settle Mm -hmm. they will tell you and it's usually because often it's because they're ill and you just, you know, something's brewing. But, you know, if they don't settle, you will get a call that says, right, it, this feels unusual. Normally yeah. they just, you know, get off and play, but they're not today. Mm-hmm. And again, usually you get asked, is something happened that we don't know about yeah. or do you think they're coming down with something so we've got a really recent example of this in in my direct family which is that um i think um my cousin's kiddie is just over one and for whatever reason the settles just weren't working and they changed it to half days and sort of got her back up to the full days eventually and she has really genuinely settled now yeah. but they had to put in a totally unique strategy for her to get it right so yeah. i think as much as we're saying this is what the science is telling us yeah we never say don't use your own common sense. No, absolutely not. And yeah. for some children, the, this transition will take longer yeah. than for others. And again, a good care provider will have come across this before and will have strategies for it. So yeah, we're definitely not saying it is regardless every single day, <laughs> drop them. And you know, if your child isn't settling yeah. and it's causing you concern, have conversations because yeah. there are loads of things that you can do to support yeah. transition. I think actually we've not even touched on communication. Maybe we should pull that as a thread and have a think about it because communication is so so important so let's go there (laughs) 
So we touched on communication before, and I think yeah. the way we couched it was kind of if something negative has gone on necessarily. And it's not just about the negative things, is it? It could have been that they were at a family party at the weekend or they'd yeah. used a bouncy castle for the first yeah. time and they absolutely loved it. Just passing on those little nuggets that allow practitioners to enhance yeah. the bond that they have with the kitty. Or if you had a family barbecue and they stayed up late and they're likely to be tired, and I think sometimes parents are reticent to say that because they think they'll be judged or, you know, oh, why are you keeping your child up late? But actually, we know we've been realistic parents this is all part of life and children need those life experiences that's really good for their learning and development yeah but letting your setting or practitioner whoever looking after your child know look they might be a little bit tired today because mm -hmm. is really useful when you've gone and they're dealing with a child that feels a little bit off or is a little bit emotional to know they probably just need to have a nap or they probably need a little extra cuddle that day mm -hmm. is really valuable nuggets of information Another tip I've got, and I know it's not possible for everybody, but if you can start your child, you know, two or three weeks before yeah. you're due to go back to work, I know not everybody's going back to work, but if that's the reason that you're using some sort of childcare provider, because in reality, when your kiddie starts at a group setting, whether that be a play group or a childminder or a nursery, they are going to be coming across lots of other children and lots of sort of bugs and germs, germs that they might yeah, not have been yes. exposed to before. And they often just have that period of not feeling 100%. And as you say, passing it on to you as well. Oh, and their siblings and everybody else they can do. And I think it's a really good point. And if you are or can't send your child to whatever provision you're going to send them to, if you can set up kind of informal networks where either you and a couple of mates agree that one of you is going to have all of the children for an hour on a Wednesday morning. It also allows you to the kind of experience of dropping your child off somewhere else and then leaving them. But also for them, it, it begins that process of being somewhere else, not with the parent. Mm -hmm. And the more you can do that before you start, just the more familiar it all becomes. Yeah. And I think as well, being able to go home rather than go to work those first few times, because it is emotionally draining. I remember having a few tears in the car. Um, well, it's really weird when you walk through the door and you haven't got either a car seat in your hand or a child in your arms and you're suddenly in an empty quiet house yeah and your child's off somewhere probably having an ace time up to their armpits in play-doh and you're <laughs> kind of sitting crying into a coffee because it just it is a real strange period of transition which becomes very familiar very quickly yeah and the majority of children, and it is the majority, do settle really well. Absolutely. But I think it is recognising this is a transition for parents as well as children. So give as much thought to your strategies yes. as you're going to give to your child. Yeah, absolutely. Speak nice things to yourself. Exactly. Is it worth then just chatting a little bit about if we were going to choose a space to leave our child, mm -hmm. and we're looking at lots, because you do tend to look at lots. You do. Uh, what would you value above anything else yeah and I think let's look at that through parents eyes rather than us as sort of childcare people because yeah. we would look for different things yeah. but I think it's unrealistic to expect parents to to look for that so what would be my number one I think just as a starting point it would be cleanliness yeah so I would do the sniff test <laughs> When you walk into a building, some buildings smell nicer than others. And I think if you're keeping your building clean. However, just to be fair, lots of pooey nappies do go on in a nursery. And if you're walking at the wrong moment yep. and it smells a little bit of a pooey nappy, it could just be because one's and been changed. if you're a 
involved, Minder, and you're making cabbage soup for lunch. Yes, that's another one. Oh, God, you've just reminded me, actually. I used to hate it when the nursery was cooking cabbage or um, cauliflower. Because it absolutely stank. But, yeah, yeah, very nutritious, though. So, of course, that's why we did. In terms of cleanliness as well, it's about if you walk into a space that looks like it's Overcleaned, oh yes, so sterile. Ch- almost, so children yeah. don't have an opportunity to be messy. You get a sense of that as a parent. You want a space that looks like it's cared for, but where children are allowed to make a mess. Yeah. I think there's a total difference between clean and messy. Absolutely, because a nursery should be messy, and I'm really glad you've clarified yeah. that point. But underneath the mess, it, it should, should be clean. clean. <laughs> and I think also for me, it's atmosphere. You'll get it. You know, even you know, you're looking at new houses and things like that you tend to walk into a house and get a feel for it, you will walk into a setting and you'll get a feel for not only the people, but also the space. So if you feel good about it, that probably tells you something. A gut feel is definitely a thing. And I think that's something to, to listen to. Also, look, at the t- if there is a team, look at the team who are working in that space. Do they look happy to be there? Yep. Are they interacting with children or are they standing having a chat about what they did last night? And so, and again, talk to them. That's your... People who work in childcare are, on the whole, <laughs> lovely people that love children and will love to chat about what they're doing. So I would say, can you talk to me about what you're doing? Yep. Can you talk to me about something you do here? And then listen to what they tell you. And if you think, oh, Ace, I quite like ace, to come. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Could be the place for your child. I love that one. This is a memory, a really distinct memory I have when I was looking for childcare for one of mine and we went round loads and we went into one and we walked into the room as we were invited to do and all the kids came running over and that was so negative for me because those children shouldn't have cared that we'd walked in, they should have been so engrossed, maybe one or two of them to pop over to be inquisitive but everybody and it felt like they were craving for attention and I actually left that one and cried and honestly on the back of those experiences is why I set my own nursery up I'm not suggesting everybody can do that but and also things have changed a lot this is 20 years ago that I was looking for childcare because I don't want any parent to listen to this thinking oh my god is my child in one of those I think the quality of provision has massively improved over the years but that was a genuine experience of mine so are the children engaged do they look like they're happy to be there and that's another sort of thing that I always look for and another red flag for me is any setting that will make promises to you like your child will be reading and writing by the time that they leave you know especially if you're carrying them in in your arms because they're only so (laughs) many months old but really you know it's great for a setting to say we value your child we meet the uniqueness of where they are we'll take them on a learning journey Mm -hmm. but if anybody tells you they will make your child a reader and a writer by the time they leave that's got to be a worry because a how do they know and b how are they doing that? So yeah. people that talk and say things that are about nurturing your child's development are the things to be looking out for as opposed to promises of what they will and will not get them doing. Food's another good one. Yeah, you know, oh yes. Ask them um, what the menus look like. Most of them now will have a menu and is there lots of sort of fresh food on there? And I think most children in a setting like that will try lots of different things, things that they yes. won't try at home. So yeah. hopefully it's a lovely, varied, nutritious menu. Yeah, because they know at home they can say no to you and you'll make them something else. Whereas in nursery, everybody else is eating it or a childminder or they get introduced in a different way, they're far more likely to try it. Yeah. Definitely. Last one for me that's popping into my head is um, that a number of the colleagues are first aid trained. Um, At my setting, 100% were. It was just a big thing for me. I think probably because one of my children had a choking incident and I was terrified and just wanted to know that there was always going to be somebody around that knew what to do and that it wasn't just one person in case they panicked. So I would be asking how many people have had their first aid training because 
we all want to collect a healthy child at the end of the day. And I just think for me, that was an important factor. Absolutely. And I think probably last one for me is choose childcare that suits you. So I, I mean, again, we're talking quite a long time ago now, but we looked at nurseries, we looked at childminders, we looked at all sorts of provision. And in the end, we went with a childminder. And the reason we liked her was because she basically said, uh, sometimes there might be washing in my washing basket and we'll go to the post office and post my letters and I sometimes take them to the supermarket but when I do they have their own list and we so it was all about a really nurturing home environment that just felt right for our family at that time yeah so I would say talk to other parents do a bit of research but go with your gut and if it feels right to you it's likely to be right for your child wise words oh, Alistair Let's wrap up with five hacks on easing transition into childcare. Number one for me is to spend time looking at all the different options that you have and pick the one that feels right for you. Because if you're confident in that choice, that's a really great starting point. Number two for me would be once you've chosen where you're going to go, make sure you and your child are as familiar with that space as you can possibly be. Number three, have a think about that goodbye routine. What's it going to look like for you? And when you go, go. Number four, get your child used to goodbyes and being left with other people before you drop them off for childcare. Number five, be kind to yourself and just remember that this is a transition for all of you. Thanks for listening. Do get in touch if you've got any questions for us or if there's something you'd like us to talk about on our podcast. You can post questions on our Facebook community or on Instagram. You'll find us at My First Five Years with the five written out. If you'd like some more tips and information around transitions, we've got some really good information on our app, which you can download from the App Store. You can also get this podcast direct to your feed by pressing the follow button in your Apple Podcasts app or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Next time we'll be celebrating grandparents. These can be joyful and rewarding relationships for your child, though we know not always easy for you. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.